Greetings and welcome to another edition of the AMSSM Sports Medcast. I'm your host, Dr. Devin McFadden, and I'm thrilled to be joined today by Dr. Sean Rocket, Associate Professor of Orthopedic Surgery at Tufts University School of Medicine and author of 321GoMD.com, an injury prevention website for CrossFitters. He's also the orthopedic division lead for the medical team of the CrossFit Games. I'll also be joined by Rob O, uh, who's the faculty development fellowship director at Madigan Army Medical Center, and both of them will be discussing the topic of CrossFit. So Sean, if you don't mind, could you uh, tell us about your introduction to CrossFit? Sure, be happy to. Started back in 2007 where I had a lull in fitness after having three children and felt like I wanted to do something different. Uh, I used to go to the gym and sit on an exercise bike and curl dumbbells and I said there's got to be something better than this because it was incredibly boring and I just was looking for something different. I had played uh, football and baseball in college. I did some adult leagues as well. And I was just uh, looking for something completely different. I started taking classes with this trainer named Ben Bergeron, who started off just coaching middle-aged moms and dads. He then went on to start CrossFit New England in 2007. And uh, he eventually would end up coaching uh, Matt Frazier, Captain David's daughter, the fittest men and women on earth at the CrossFit Games. Wow, that's that's an interesting introduction. Rob, what about you? How did you get your start in CrossFit? Yeah, similar to Sean, in 2007, I was deployed into Iraq in Operation um, Iraqi Freedom back then in OIF-5. And and I was kind of doing the same thing as Sean. I was doing the running on a treadmill because it's too hot to run outside in Iraq and working on lifting weights and trying to really enhance my pectoralis muscles. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then I got bored. It got really boring. And then during that time, one of my friends who we worked out together said, hey, why don't we do this program that a lot of the soldiers are doing in theater? Uh, I never heard of it. And one day he convinced me to try it. So we did this workout called Helen. And I was like, what is this Helen business? There's a 400 <laughs> meter run, 21 kettlebell swings and 12 pull ups. And you do that for three rounds for time. Um, back then, we didn't even have kettlebells, right? This is 12 years ago. So we used dumbbells. We scaled the pull-up because I couldn't really do pull-ups. So we used Gravitron-assisted pull-ups. Even with that, that workout smoked me. And with that, I was instantaneously hooked. I thought I was fit before uh, running and lifting weights. But I found out if that Helen workout was challenging, I wanted more of that. And that's really what, what got me started with CrossFit. I've been doing it ever since. All right. Now, let's just acknowledge the elephant in the room, and, and there's definitely some controversy with, with CrossFit uh, in the medical community. But since both of your introductions were, were not really medical in terms of covering sports events, but rather personal with participating in CrossFit yourselves, can you tell us about your personal experiences with any in injuries you may have suffered while uh, doing CrossFit? Uh, sure. I, I think for me it's been great. Uh, as an orthopedist, I'll, you know, I understand momentum and velocity and force and, and tensile strengths of rotator cuffs. And so I've always been like, this is going to be a, a long-term plan for me. And I'm, I'm not going to go out of the box and try to, you know, go too, too heavy. You know, I've had to keep the, you know, I think that's the biggest issue is that you have to keep your ego in check when you, you, you don't, you want to, you want to have fun. But the biggest issue is when people start competing with other people and they start trying to, you know trying to get weights 
that are similar to other people when maybe they shouldn't be putting weights on that are similar to those other people. I've had, you know, great improvements in my fitness. I'm probably in better shape now than I was in my 20s and 30s. But from a professional point of view, I think it's amazing how polarizing the subject of CrossFit can be. People have very strong opinions about it. And I think that most of the negative feelings uh, I've seen have come from people who probably have never been inside a CrossFit gym to see what the workouts are actually like. Rob, how about you? Yeah, it's interesting you say that, Sean. You know, I've been doing this for 12 years now, and I, I frankly never gotten injured to a point where I couldn't do CrossFit. I would get my occasional aches and pains here, um, but, you know, I started at 35, and I'm 47 now, and I've maintained my endurance capacity. Uh, it's, it's obviously gone down with age, um, but I can still now occasionally PR um, personal record in my lifts. Not like it's a lot heavy, I'm kind of a small guy, but still, after 12 years, I find out I can push myself, I know my limitations, I know when to slow down, I know when if I didn't sleep well, then I'm not going to push myself in that gym. Um, so it just really gives me that capability to kind of push myself when I need to, and it really is amazing what uh, fitness capacity I can still maintain after that 12 years. Quick, uh, quick addition to that. You know, a lot of docs see the videos of the games and they say, oh, my God, of course, you know, you, you shouldn't do what the games people are doing if you're just starting to do it. And these games athletes are lifting, you know, two to three to four hundred pounds. The beauty of CrossFit is that it is it is scalable. And I think a lot of people don't understand that. So if somebody is, you know, part of the workout is to lift ninety five pounds, someone can lift five pounds. You don't have to do the workout, and every coach in CrossFit knows that. But I don't think everybody outside the boxes or outside CrossFit knows that. So it sounds like, personally, you've both had phenomenal experiences with, with CrossFit, but you could make the argument that you're an orthopedic surgeon and a sports medicine physician. So what does the research actually tell us about injury prevalence and uh, injury patterns, and how does that compare to other sports? Yeah, I get I get that question a lot, Devin. And um, you know, ten years ago, we had no data in the literature, so I kind of got tired of telling me people that CrossFit was dangerous and seeing all the news media about it. So I decided to look at what's in the literature and find out what's really out there. And with that explosive growth of CrossFit, we're really starting to see some data beginning to emerge about injury. Uh, so bottom line up front, it has very similar injury rates, and I'm considering rates compared to weightlifting and powerlifting. And that comes to about two to three injuries per 1,000 athlete hours, and that's how they count the denominator. Um, there's definitely a caveat. This is survey data. Uh, there was one prospective study looking at approximately 200 CrossFitters that also shown similar rates. Um, Dr. Yuri Frito over at Kansas is doing a lot of data looking at injury rates, and he just even published something recently that shows an even lower rates uh, per athlete hours. And then if you compare to the data on other types of sports, uh, besides weightlifting and powerlifting, like the typical contact sports, soccer, football, basketball, in, that, in all reality, um, CrossFit has lower injury rates than your typical contact sports and less injury rates in gymnastics and less injury rates in running. Yeah, I, uh, I just saw that recent one by Dr. Fredo, too. Um, but, you know, again, the, I would just reiterate the injury rates are, are comparable to other sports of uh, weightlifting and gymnastics. 
even looked at uh, from an occupational health point of view, from work, you know, workers' compensation point of view, that uh, has p- training people with this can lead to uh, you know better safety. And uh, there have been uh, some military studies also looking at it with regards to safety and training the soldiers. Yeah, the military studies, uh, the one that you mentioned, Sean, was looking at functional fitness training to those traditionally found in a regular combat brigade. Um, But bottom line, no real difference in functional fitness training types versus traditional military training. What they did find is that they found more injuries associated with increasing running mileage. So if you ran more than 16 miles a week, and if the soldier is overweight, then you're more likely to get injured, and the functional fitness had nothing to do with it. Wow. So it sounds like what I'm getting is that CrossFit is not dangerous, as we've been told. I would uh, have to say it is part of being a human being, being able to lift something up off the ground, put something up over your head. And if you do it right, you do it smartly, and you have a coach who helps you. And uh, I give injury prevention seminars to a bunch of CrossFit boxes, and uh, most of the coaches are the ones that are telling people not to lift heavy it's the people themselves that are trying to push themselves and the coaches are having to hold them back uh you know as they should yeah no that's that's definitely been my experience sean uh, and devin you know um, functional fitness is the new buzzword in the military and it's really trying to train for the untrainable that we talk about in combat we have to be prepared for the unpreparable and so that's i think that's where crossfit and functional fitness taking off in the military uh, really, if you look at our new combat fitness test, it's very CrossFit-like. Deadlifts, knees to elbows, uh, hand-release push-ups, kettlebell shuttle runs, med ball throw, and a run. So to answer your question, bottom line, to me, it's less dangerous than running tennis and basketball. You know, from a, just a human being point of view, you know, if your child's on the ground, you have to pick them up. Aren't you going to want to learn how to do that movement properly, to, you know, to do a deadlift like that? If you're on a plane, you have to take your 40-pound carry-on item and put it up over your head, aren't you going to want to know how to push-press that or have at least tried to push-press that weight over your head before, you know, you do something, you know, with a, with poor body mechanics? And that's what CrossFit does. It teaches you how to, how to lift things and move things with proper body mechanics. That's great. Uh, so circling back, if we're saying that CrossFit isn't, more dangerous than other activities in terms of injury prevalence. Uh, can we talk about the injury patterns you typically see with CrossFitters? Uh, I'd say the most common thing I see, uh, just like in any uh, sport, is overuse uh, tendinopathy. I've seen you know a lot of biceps uh, tendinopathy, and then you do get into as far as injury patterns i've seen probably the biggest thing i've seen are uh, superior labral tears uh, slap tears uh, just as we see with baseball pitchers who are doing abduction external rotation injuries when people do the uh, uh, kipping uh, and they swing and their arms are abducted and externally rotated i think you can get into the peel back phenomenon where the superior labrum gets peeled back from the uh, glenoid also with if somebody is doing uh, pull-ups and they're holding on to the uh, bar and their body weight is descending and they try to hang on, I think there's something to be said about uh, just letting go of the bar. I think when you are up overhead and you hold on to the bar, there's a traction injury that can occur. So I think for those two reasons, I think that's why I see probably 
uh, slap tears is the most common thing that I that I see. Yeah, I, I agree with Sean. I, I think um, things that when I see, and I'm sure Sean sees it, is that when we see shoulder injuries, we usually the primary care docs are really good at taking care of impingement and getting them to physical therapy. But at the time when I see them, um, it's a little more complex. And the shoulder's a black box to many of our primary care uh, physicians. And so when I see them, uh, similarly, I see more of the labral, maybe the AC joint uh, injuries um, that can come from the movements that Sean rec uh, described. So I, I look at labrum, uh, I think labrum pretty quickly when some, someone complains of shoulder to overhead movements. Yeah, you know, just like in a snatch, the snatch movement where if, if somebody's not familiar with that, you're taking a barbell and you're putting it up uh, overhead with your arms abducted, externally rotated. And so obviously when you have that and you have a heavy weight uh such as in a lot of the games athletes are going getting into very heavy weights with that that you can get into labral tears anterior labral tears bank art tears and have uh, symptoms of instability all right uh so that that's a great recap of shoulder injuries you see what about other uh areas of the body back knees any other uh consistencies and in injury patterns you guys find Believe it or not, knee injuries are fairly uncommon in CrossFit, but the things I would see the most are, you know, patellofemoral syndrome from over over squatting or squatting too much, especially if somebody is predisposed by having an area of chondromalacia or area of true arthritis. Obviously, quad and patella tendonitis when they're getting into squats like that. And, you know, again, the biggest cure for that is just modifying and, and backing down off the squats and maybe not you know, initially not squatting as deep. Other things are meniscal tears. We, we certainly do see the meniscal tears. Uh, and I think it's not from the squat, but I think it's from the rotation in a squat. So I always tell people they, you know, they have to have that weight as a uh, reasonable weight. It can't be too heavy and uh, prevent them from, you know, maintaining a good form. We don't want any uh, kind of rotating or twisting uh, when you're down in the, in the, uh, bottom of the squat yeah uh, I agree with Sean I mean I think the the interesting thing that we look at the literature just going back to the literature a bit pretty consistent the literature says shoulder knees and back as the most common injuries in CrossFit um, people have participated in CrossFit uh, we talked about the shoulder and what we look for uh, with the knees um, I don't see a lot of knees and just like my experience uh, with Sean but when they do come, it's usually a meniscal thing that, again, I think it's that at the bottom of the squat, they're twisting from the bottom and putting too much load. And so I do see that. I do sometimes take care of the older athlete, and sometimes when that happens, uh, they do have a lot of arthritis. So I generally try not to tell them to go into that deep squat, especially if they're having pain in that bottom. So those are the typical ones I see. I, I'm really interested, Sean, what you tell your master's athlete with that knee OA. Do you recommend them to um, limit their squats to the knee level, or what, what, do, you, what do you recommend? Because I always want to learn more about that. Yeah, I will. Um, a lot of it depends on where their arthritis is. I, I won't limit anybody unless they're having symptoms. If they're having symptoms and something's wrong, and you know, CrossFit should not be a something that you're experiencing, you know, pain from. 
you know, when I say limit them, if they're lifting too much, then, you know, that can stress the joint. Or if they have, you know, severe patellofemoral arthritis and every time they go below 90 degrees, they get pain, then, you know, guess what? They're, you know, it's better not to. You know, at least they're still moving, they're still exercising, and, you know, you don't always have to go through full range of motion, especially if you have a, a predisposition to having, you know, an issue with that range of motion. Yeah, great. Hey, Sean, one, one other question I have is, um, you know, we heard recently about total joint replacements and CrossFit. What do you recommend to your patients with total knees and total hips who are trying to do CrossFit? Yeah, so, I mean, I looked at that, at some studies trying to call that from the data, and the one thing I found was looking at the people that needed a revision joint replacement were Olympic weightlifters uh, more than any other sport. There was, and it was a small, smallish study, but that stuck out to me that Olympic weightlifters, of all athletes with joint replacements, it was people that kept Olympic weightlifting that needed a revision. And so I think that's the end point of, of a knee replacement is the need for a revision. Uh, and so I have told people, you know, they got to be smart. You know, you have a knee replacement, not so you can deadlift, you know, 400 pounds again. The knee replacement is so you can walk comfortably, climb stairs, and exercise at a, at a moderate clip. Uh, so I just say they, get, they have to be careful and sort of rethink their objectives. Great. One final question for you guys. So I noticed uh, in prep for this discussion, the, the CrossFit website, CrossFit.com, seems to have a great deal of information on anatomy, health, medical articles. Can you tell me what that's about and who's moderating that? Well, uh, CrossFit's making people aware that there's an epidemic of uh, chronic disease such as diabetes, heart disease, and obesity that needs to change around the world, but especially in the, in the United States. And CrossFit Health arose as a movement within CrossFit where they incorporating, they're incorporating doctors who CrossFit to really think about diet and exercise when meeting somebody with chronic disease. Uh, my wife's a CrossFit coach and family medicine doctor. She's seen many stories of people not needing their rheumatoid arthritis medications or antihypertensives or people with 100-pound weight losses treated with just uh, diet and exercise. So it's a... It's this new movement, which is incorporating doctors, but sort of trying to wake up uh, the world and, and the United States, uh, especially as to the sort of the evils of chronic disease. Yeah, I don't know what more I can add to that, Devin. Uh, CrossFit Health was started by Gerd Glassman because he saw this scourge of chronic preventable conditions and uh, how to mobilize the, the docs who lift the docs who do crossfit the docs who enjoy this lifestyle as medicine and how to incorporate that into not only in our life but to our patients and it's a movement that started early i think is pretty much in its grassroots movement but um, i'm really excited to see what that looks like and how do we really look at prescriptions to prevent chronic disease rather than treat it with medications and surgeries and etc all right well that's fantastic Obviously, you've both come across as, as very pro-CrossFit. For, for those final skeptics, if you get one last elevator pitch to, to convince people to give it a shot, what, what's your pitch? We, we're not trying to get people to, to give it a shot, but for doctors to be reasonable and treat every athlete 
put it this way: if, if an elite athlete comes to a doctor and they are a marathon runner, does that doctor tell them they need to pick another sport? No, it's you need to find a way to work with that person and keep them safe and have them return to their sport and modify while they are, you know, either hurt, injured, or getting back to, you know, through rehab or therapy. But I would say it's it's something a lot of doctors have been doing for over a decade and uh it's a it's a safe sport it's modifiable it's scalable don't just jump out and say don't crossfit if, if they really don't know all the ins and outs of crossfit yeah thanks sean no i i definitely see that um that stigma you know you'll see and the, and the bottom line for me is you're gonna see crossfitters in your office it's a rapidly growing fitness regimen and sport um, but if you don't ask, they won't tell you because I think there's some still stigma left on CrossFit and CrossFit athletes. Uh, I think you should need to, need to appreciate your, why your CrossFitter is doing CrossFit and just like the health benefits and with any other athletes, like Sean said, get them back into the activity they enjoy. Uh, learn to know what types of movement they're doing and then when you do, you can make the proper diagnosis and then manage them appropriately. And to me, most of all, keep them moving. Um, you can try to give tips to the coach of what, what modifying movements you can do uh, that really will help gain trust with your athlete and provide them that safe return to CrossFit. Well, that's fantastic. I'd like to thank both of you for your, your time and your generosity in, in sharing this information with us today and hopefully uh, convincing some people to have a, a more open mind. Uh, and I think your point, Sean, is is really dead on and that we need to meet our patients wherever they happen to be and and i would hope that all physicians would strive to do that as well as our therapists athletic trainers and uh, all the other critical team members we work with uh, i hope you the listener have also found this time valuable and will join us again for the next episode of the amssm sports medcast the views expressed are those of the speakers and don't necessarily represent the official policy or position of the united states army United States government or the Department of Defense.